Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air with Sherry Huber. Good afternoon, Sherry. Good afternoon, Good afternoon Michael. Michael. How are you today? Ooh, I've got a big echo. Do you hear it? I do not hear it. Ooh, let me see if it... Oh, well, it just went away. Oh. Ah, didn't want it. to be talked about, huh? <laughs> Great. Great. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Really excited to be here and really enjoyed the Sunday uh, kickoff. It was great. It was, wasn't it? I enjoyed it myself. Yes. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's going to, I mean, we hope, we never know, but it promises to be an extraordinary year. Yes. Just based on where we went, <laughs> where we all went on Sunday, um, yeah. And you know, Michael, one of the things that I'll just say for anybody who might not have been there or might have been there and was new and thought, "Hmm, what, what, who are these people?" <laughs> I love the the conversation with the the uh, fellow who wasn't with us last year. Mm. This is his first year long. Yes, and. And yes. that commenting that he feels like, okay, <laughs> he's just as ready as anybody else, and that's such a that's such a wonderful perspective on practice because that that really is true. It, awareness practice is one of those things that we we get to start wherever we are. This has been going on for, uh, you know, we think about it, it since the time of the Buddha, but it was actually going on way before the Buddha. Right, so people have been doing this forever, and people have been jumping in wherever they are, and um, yeah. So here we go again. Here we go again. Yes, fabulous. <laughs> and I have an announcement here. All right. We are conditioned to identify with a sense of personal existence, rather than with the changeless state of pure awareness. Join Sangha for another powerful year of practice, transforming our identification from what we are not to that thou art. The year-long retreat begins with an email class starting February 14th and including four Sunday workshops. That sounds fabulous. Yeah, and I don't think we planned on it being Valentine's Day, but I think it's kind of good. Pretty appropriate, yeah. Great, great. And a few reminders. If you'd like to talk with Sherry today, please press star six and then one to make a show and get in the queue. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes would be great. Okay, I think we're ready here, Sherry. Sounds good, thank you. You're welcome. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Uh, hello, this is Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Andrea. What's going on? Hi. Um, well, I'm calling because um, I'm having some tough stuff that I'm going through, and I just thought it would be good to call in. I think you're right. Hello? I think that's what practice oh, is oh, for, great. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. 
<laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't really know where to start. I mean, I've, I've talked to you about some of this before, and um, it involves, um, well, my son is really depressed, and he has basically hardly been to school this year, and he's already a half a year behind, and I'm worried he'll be a year and a half behind, and it's just really, really hard for me to deal with this. Okay, let's, let's just start there, okay? I bet we're going to get to his depression. Uh, it, it, let me ask you this, though. Do you, is he depressed because he's not going to school, or he's depressed and he's not going to school? Um, he's depressed and he's not going to school. So he's not depressed because there's no, it, there, we're not looking at any kind of cause and effect here. No, no, we're not. Okay. And, yeah. Okay. And so it's upsetting to you that he might be a year and a half behind. Yeah. And, and it's just because I guess the real thing is I'm afraid it's going to be, make him feel even worse, like affect his self-esteem even more than it's already affected. Uh, it, do you have any evidence of that? Um, well, he 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 finally opened up. So this has been this process has been going on for like two years since the pandemic, and he finally opened up. And I mean, I you know, and basically told us how he was feeling. Uh, if I you know, I mean, as much as I can understand how he is feeling, assuming he really does feel this way. So I'll just have to assume that. Um, and he said he, he felt really bad about being a half a year behind. And so um, he, he told me he feels like crap compared to all the other kids in his school. Like CRAP? Yes, yes. Okay, okay, all right. Now, it, here's, here's the piece that uh, I, I want to talk with you about mom sure. uh, because I, I of course I don't have well I do I have a grandchild who's still in school but she, she does, if she never had to go to school she'd be happy so that's not the, quite the same thing um, but I you know I follow along with this cultural obsession with kids being behind yeah. now you've been around practice long enough to hear me say to people for years it's not possible to be behind. There is no such thing as behind. There is only ever now. Right. Now, you, you look at kids and they're, well, whatever age they are, right? And, mm -hmm. and the entire country is having the same experience. So what are we talking about? You and I graduated from high school at 17 or 18, and so that's the norm and anybody who doesn't do that is going to just be traumatized for the rest of their lives. Who's making who who's making well, those rules? That's such oh well, it's really good to hear this because um, yeah, I mean, I think that's you know, <laughs> I think that is my assumption. Yeah, or uh, ego's assumption, so, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, conditioned mind's uh, ability to make misery out of. So years ago, back when we first started the, the Zen Center, there was a, 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 a couple who came to, to the center, um, and they, they were both women, and they had two children, right? Now, these are two women 
in a relationship, okay, you'd think they were not mainstream thinkers, okay? So the first child, uh, a girl, did exactly what she was supposed to do. She graduated from high school. She went to college. She, okay, she did exactly what she was supposed to do, so nobody thought anything about it. And then the boy came along, and he graduated from high school, and he decided, he decided he didn't want to go to college. He wanted uh-huh. to go uh, around the world. He wanted to uh-huh. spend at least a year just going around the world. These two women almost lost their minds. You would have thought that this child was committing himself to a life of abject poverty and uh, probably suicide before long. Because he was going to be a year behind everybody else in college. Right. Yeah, you're with me, huh? That's a good story, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. Yeah, yeah, I I totally. I mean that 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 is very helpful. Um, I yeah, I mean I I guess I'm also you know really am tortured not only by the fact of him being behind, but he has no friends and has you know he used to have friends. He you know the pandemic pretty much. Well, absolutely, Andrea, absolutely. I I'm right there with with yeah. what's happening. Uh, now, again, I was miserable in high school. Okay? Mm-hmm. All I, all I lived for the day that they would give me the ability to get out of that place. Okay? So not every, somebody just said, um, you know, well, no child should grow up without a sibling. And I'm the one who's saying, why wasn't I an only child? Why did did my parents do that to me, right? So this kind of cultural assumption that one size fits all is really worth examining, right? So it is true that, first of all, it's a miserable thing to be a kid. Then it's an even more miserable thing to be a teenager. Yeah. And I happen to think it's a more miserable thing to be a teenager now. Now, I'm sure every teenager, you know, everybody who was a teenager can look back and say, oh, no, I'm pretty sure it was the most miserable when I was a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but with everything, with social media and all of the things that kids have, gun violence and, you know, the world is fairly crazy. Um, yeah. No, it's really crazy. And so... It's really, really hard. So to validate for him his experience, absolutely. It's really, really hard. It's depressing. It's upsetting. Not just for you, for me, your mother, for your father. It's really hard. Now, given that, how should we proceed? Because, you know, Andrea, so when time comes to go back to school, what what year is he in school? He's, well, he is supposedly should be a sophomore. And, and, you know, school's in session. I mean, he was in virtual school, which he couldn't do at all. Um, And then now it's back in session, and he's hardly been going because he just won't go. He won't get up in the morning. He'll just lie in bed and not go. Yeah, yeah. So, so now 
we're we're not talking school anymore, right? I mean, this this is this is somebody who's really struggling with uh, with depression. With and so perhaps <laughs> letting go of the idea of what this is for him in the future. Mm-hmm. What is this for him now? Right. And maybe rather than worrying about uh, him not going to school and what's going to happen to him as a result of that, how do we address the, the level of struggle that he's having right now? W- what kind right. of assistance and support does he need? Because, you know, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I quit school and got married and I went back to school at least a dozen times, right? <laughs> it never took because I never did like it. But, uh, you know, people go back to school all the time. So if, right. if, if he decides he's too old to go to high school, well, he's a smart boy, right? He can get a, a, a diploma anyway, and he can go on to junior college or regular college or join the Army. Or I mean, the, the numbers of things that he can do are limitless if he's not um, encouraged to live in a limited reality. Yeah, well, you know, I'm frustrated because I feel like, I mean, you know, you know, maybe maybe actions speak louder than words. I mean, maybe I'm identified with all this. I mean, but, you know, I, I, I'm the one who, you know, said, well, you know, maybe this isn't the right fit for you. And he just insists he wants to be at the school, but then he never goes. And I'm just feeling it's not a good environment for him. And, and, and I, you know, I feel like other alternatives could be better, but he just, seems to want to go to the school and well so I, now, I, now, yeah. now again how, how old is this child 16 he's 16 and he and he's calling the shots mom yeah pretty much yeah okay well I think we might be closing in on some of the issues right mm-hmm. yeah because he's 16 he, he, he's, not, he's not capable of calling the shots. He doesn't yeah. know what he wants. He doesn't know what he's doing. But if his, if his opinion prevails, well, then he's really stuck with himself. That's, right. that's all he's got going for him. And so it might just actually be time for mom and dad to pitch, to stop worrying about what he says he wants and trying to figure out uh, what he wants based on what he does and what he says. And he's a kid. Yeah. He's a kid. Well, that's so the that's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm, no, no, I, I, that's what I'm going to ask you to do, Mom, mm-hmm. is really look at that. Look at, mm-hmm. not, not him, but what's mm-hmm. operating you? Right. What is, what is stopping you from stepping up and saying, look, I love you like crazy. This isn't working. We're going to do this other thing. And if, it, if you don't like it, well, we can talk about that certainly. But we're going to do this because this is not working. So to look and see for you and, you know, if it's comfortable or if it works that way in your family, to talk with his dad about the same thing. Why, why, are, we, why are we doing this? Why are we colluding with a depressed teenager to let him make his life decisions? Okay? 
Yeah, hey, I, I think it's a great question, and I, I feel like um, my husband isn't on board with me and in, in this. Like, I feel like I, they're colluding against me. That's how I feel, because I feel like you, actually. Well, it, it, then it, it, here, here's my best encouragement. You can do what you can do. Right. If it is really true that they are uh, together and united in a perspective, then as difficult as it would be, mm-hmm. it would be time for you to clearly articulate, you guys are making these choices and you're making these decisions. There is nothing I can do. I can't worry about it. The responsibility is yours. Mm-hmm. And then that's what you do. It's the equivalent of I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so saying. those two directions, and then let me know, all right? Okay, great. Thank you so much, Sherry. All right. You are so welcome. Thanks for joining us, Andrea. And Sherry, that conversation was uh, fascinating, and I appreciate the deep uh, looking. And I have a 16-year-old in my house, and I can relate to those exact circumstances. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. And and when did that? When did when did that happen? Mm. That, that children started running households. Yes. So when 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 did when did that happen? It's not a good system. You know, I, you see that kind of thing uh, periodically, where where somebody will. Um, you know, they'll talk about a cry for help. Yes. Uh, you, you know, somebody who's just trying to get somebody to step up and stop them because they're out of control. They, do, they can't help themselves, uh, and, and they're just desperate for somebody to intervene and save them from themselves. And that, to me, is the role of parents. Mm. But this idea that we want our children to like us they're not going to like us anyway. They're teenagers. They're not supposed to like us. And, and in terms of being friends, you know, even, even kids don't, don't want to have friends they can't respect. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remembering who's the, the, the grown-up. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly so. And that we owe them parenting. Our, the, our best shot at parenting you know, it's not about us. They don't have to like us. They don't. They don't have to want to be our friend. It, that's that's not the equation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if if we're coming from unconditional love, that's that ultimately is what's going to uh, win out. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. at some point, you know, it might. My, my mother. <laughs> He used to say to me, I hope someday you have a child who is exactly like you are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I've laughed because uh, I have a grandson who's incredibly judgmental of his mother. Mm. Uh, and, of course, he doesn't have children. Mm. And, I, and I tell him regularly, you know, if you had children, you wouldn't be so judgmental. It's amazing how quickly we learn a great deal about our parents when we have kids of our own. So, yeah. Yes. Fabulous. 
Sherry, we're going to go to Good News Update, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. All right. Good afternoon, and welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. Teresa, we are so excited that you are able to be with us today, not live, we're recording this so that you won't have to be up in the middle of the night, <laughs> but we're just, there are just so many exciting things happening in the project right now that we knew this was the moment we wanted to do another live recording with you, so thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Jen, for having me, and thank you everyone for listening in. I'm glad and happy to be part of uh, this uh, conversation. Yeah, always such a pleasure to have you and to hear your voice, Teresa. You know, I'm I'm on regularly, Sir Davies on regularly to give people the news, but it's definitely not a substitute from hearing directly from you. So, so although we honestly could talk for an hour easily about everything that's mm-hmm. happening in the project right now, we wanted to focus on one particularly very fun, huge development that's happened that's really come to fruition in the last 24 or 48 hours that we have um, 15 girls who have just started at a brand new school um, in the center of Andola. Teresa, where, where should we start in terms of telling people about that development? Do you have uh, anything that occurs to you to start off with? Yes, then uh, what I have, uh, our girls have started in a brand new school, which is uh, in town. And, uh, you know, getting a child from a setup like uh, Kantoromba and putting them in, uh, in town where there are all different, uh, kinds of, uh, school going children. We have Indians there. We have colored people there. All nations are there. I've, uh, seen children coming in who came all the way from Botswana, Botswana just to come and settle here. And, uh, yeah, my, the students that we've brought in, they're just uh, marvelous, I would say. They have uh, fit in, Jen, I would say. Wow. Uh, Teresa, that's such a huge point, just to underline right there at the start. So this this is a very, um, it's an excellent school, and I want to talk in a minute about the reception you got when you went to research schools but your point is that it's, there's, it, the level of education is very, very good at this school, and that's exciting because our, our girls are really going to get a quality education here, and they're going to be exposed to, to students from all over the place, students from lots of different backgrounds. And so one of the things we looked at a lot is how to support them in terms of the background that they're coming from in Cantalomba, not wanting them to feel um, like outsiders, and so one of the things that's been exciting, they just started on Friday. So today is, you and I are talking on Monday. So they've been to two days. They've been to school on Friday and Monday. And as you say, they're already fitting in. And people must visit the um, blog on the Africa website. Um, it's actually under the news tab on the Africa page of our webpage. Um, where you'll find the photos of all of them and their new beautiful uniforms and their shoes and all those things. Mm. So one of the things that prompted this move is that some years back, um, we started to talk about doing a pilot program where 
we really the biggest thing is how to have the students immersed in English from when they're very young. Most of them are in households in Cantalombo where they don't speak English because their parents have never been um, had never gone to school, have never had the privilege of going to school and learning English. And so it's really, really challenging for a student who goes to school every day um, with 70 and 80 students in their classroom and then doesn't speak any English at home to try to really become proficient in English. And so we started a pilot program a few years back where we put five girls in grade one and ten girls in grade five at a mm-hmm. school that was a little farther away. It was sort of a charter school to immerse them in English, and they did absolutely beautifully. It was amazing to see. And Teresa, I think one of the reasons they did so well is that you and one teacher in particular at their school, Mr. Peary, really watched over them. Mr. Peary was instrumental in the lives of these these girls. He was always there for them and took care of them uh, as they work. And... Believe me, you, you believe you I mean what they they came out of they came up with uh, after writing their grade seven exams, which is a national examination. They did extremely so well that I was so excited and overjoyed that uh, my girls were were in fact working very hard with Mr. Peel, and Mr. Yeah. Peel made sure that these girls excelled, and they did. And I'm proud to to say that. Oh, me too. We are so <laughs> off the charts proud. You cut out just mm. a little bit, so I'm going to reflect um, what you said, mm. which is that so the 10 girls that we put in grade 5 just sat for their grade 7 exams. The Zambian school year ends in December and the new year starts in January. So in November mm-hmm. of this last year, they sat for their national grade 7 exams. That's the first year that students have to sit for a national exam that everyone in the country takes. And as you say, you and this one particular teacher, Mr. Peary, really took them under his wing, especially during the pandemic when they weren't able to go to school all the time, when things were really, you know, just topsy-turvy, and really took them mm-hmm. under his wing and, and made sure that they were able to work to their potential, and they did so well. It was so exciting. And mm-hmm. one of the things that happened is that Mr. Peary, being the very, you know, caring and talented teacher that he was, he was recruited away to a school in Lusaka, which had mm-hmm. us looking at, ooh, okay, what now for our girls? You know, um, we didn't really want to leave them in the school. The school is a good school, but we didn't feel they were going to have the same support that we wanted them to have. So you began a search of all the schools in Indola of looking at many, many, many different factors, but basically the bottom line is which is going to be the best school for our girls? And maybe you could talk a little bit about what you found when you went to Sopani, the school that we eventually chose. Yes, and uh, when I went uh, looking out for schools, my main focus was uh, uh, the, the, the attention that I was going to receive at that school. I went to several schools. I did not uh, get the attention that I got from Sopani. They were very welcoming. Uh, they, gave me a, they gave me a tour. They sat me down and, until I explained everything from point A to Z. They did uh, understand from where I was coming from and from where these girls were coming from. 
So I chose this school to be the best school. Yeah. And one of the things that impressed me so much from what you said is that after touring you all over the school, the principal took that time to sit down with you and to explain how important he felt like it was, the individual attention of each student. That was so impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. So, uh, Teresa, before we run out of time, <laughs> tell us about <laughs> what the last few days have been like, taking the, fi- finding the bus driver, right, hiring mm-hmm. a particular person, a lovely young fellow, who is mm-hmm. going to be the one who takes our students from, um, basically from Cantalomba, from Lubuto, the community right next mm-hmm. to Cantalomba, into town every day, back from town every day. So he took you and all the girls to get shoes and uniforms. Tell us what that was like. Yes, and uh, it was quite an adventure for me and the girls. We had, uh, yes, we had our our time going uh, from Cantalomba into town, from Cantalomba to the school. Uh, we started with uh, the uniforms, the girls being interviewed, the shoes. And finally, that's when they got into the classroom, which was on a Friday. And today was my last day to take them there because I was so excited. I couldn't let them go all alone. (laughs) I wish I could do it every day. It was so adventurous and so beautiful. Yeah, it really Mm. is. And I mean, I just opened one of the photos as you were talking when you mentioned the shoes. So people really do yourself a favor and you have to go see the photos. <laughs> the photos are yes. real. So I'm looking at this photo that Teresa wrote at the top of it. Yay! Brand new shoes for everyone. Thank you, Mama Sherry. Yes. And they're each holding up a pair of brand new shoes, like out of the box. I mean, who can't relate to that? Like so excited to have that that new shoe smell. And, you know, these are kids who, you know, they don't get new shoes. It's just not, you know, it's something that some people in the world take for granted. And for these girls, they don't take it for granted. It's huge. Every piece of it is huge. So they're just, they're thrilled. We're thrilled. You're thrilled. It's, it's just so beautiful all the way around. Yes, it's so beautiful. Everything brand new, school, uniforms, the shoes, wow. And we have a driver who's uh, very caring and uh, he drove us peacefully without uh, any incident at all. And we are grateful for that. We are grateful because, you know, that's no small thing in the middle of a pandemic Mm -hmm. for us to have our own school bus where, you know, we, mm-hmm. he's, you know, we don't, they're not with a bunch of other people on the bus. That's really, really big. So it's only our girls on that bus. Yes. And I'll tell you, yes. Teresa, I would, give, I would give anything to be on that bus. <laughs> Me <laughs> too. Uh, one day. One day. <laughs> we will. Yeah, one day. <laughs> All right, Teresa. Well, and we promise to keep bringing the news to people and telling you about further developments and sending photos and, and stories about how they're doing and, and all those things. Cause it's just, it's beyond exciting, but we're out of our time for today. So thank you so much as always for everything you do and for being with us today to talk about it. Thank you so much. And it's my pleasure. And welcome back to open air. That was fabulous. Sherry. 
Can you believe it? Have you seen the pictures, Michael? Well, I confess, I pulled them up uh, while (laughs) while Teresa was talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And and you know, it's what uh, what Jen was saying. You know, I mean, our kids, us. You know, if I need a new pair of shoes, I get a new pair of shoes, right? And and uh, you know, with your kids. You know, they go up a shoe size every 15 or 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you, you know, it's just, it's just what you do. And so to be a kid, especially, I don't know. No, it's probably, I'm not going to be sexist about it. I'm sure it's just as big a deal for boys as for girls. But um, <laughs> to have a new pair of shoes, a new outfit, you know, these, these sparkly white socks and uh, this... Uh, uh, lovely blouse under their uniform, uh, and uh, it's just, yeah, it's just so, it's so wonderful. I can't stand it. I know. Yeah. And on top of it, you know, it would be one thing if if we were making all this effort, you know, and providing this for these kids, and and they show up and they sort of, you know, uh, uh-uh. uh, these kids are <laughs> setting records right? Coming out of the worst slum in the world, and they are setting scholastic records. It's just, yeah, just, and Teresa, talk about St. Teresa. Mm. That woman, what a gift. What a gift. You know, none of this would be possible without her. Mm. Just, Just the way she described going to every school in Indola, and Indola is a big city, right? And yes. interviewing and, and going around and finding out and talking to people and what's the best one and then, um, you know, picking the one that she knows is going to be the best for our kids and making sure that each one of those girls uh, is known to the teachers there and to the principal there so that uh, they have the best the best shot at this whole thing that they can get. It's just, oh, it's so good. Yes, and to have such a large cohort to go through together, you know, as a, their own yeah. song, yes. their own group, yeah. as compared to the first girl who went to nursing school by herself. Yes, so, yes. yes, yes. So, uh, Michael, while, while we, it, this, this just in from Jen, okay, you remember uh, the little girl that I call Princess Edna, uh, she was, yes. she, it, when, when we were over there for the last time, she was sitting next to me and, and uh, uh, during the, you know, the whole video thing, and I just could, I couldn't believe this kid. I mean, it was so, she's just, you know, sparks are coming off of her. She's just something special. Um, and so Jen just told me that she, uh, Edna, answered every question on the entrance exam correctly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I hope I live long enough to see her become an international celebrity of some type, you know, head of the United Nations or something. Anyway, yeah, very fun. Very grateful. Yeah, yeah. And halfway through, I went to get the Kleenex because I knew I was going to be inspired by it all. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. All right. Here we are. Here we are. All right. Let's bring our next call. All right. Let's buck up here. And... <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Oh, let me try this again. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Judy from San Francisco. Hi, Judy. Well, hello, Judy. Hello. hello. I was, oh, my gosh, I was so happy to be on the call and the kickoff on Sunday. Really nice to be mm. together again. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So lovely, so lovely. And uh, I'm excited about the new the new focus for this year uh-huh. because uh, this year I'm writing a book. Oh, uh, uh, and it hap- yeah, it happens. It's about perfectionism for Asian American women. Aha. Uh-huh. And. Which I, I do understand is an issue. <laughs> yes, a, a small issue. Some, something of an issue. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations. And, mm, thank you. And through writing the book, it's the process of attempting to end suffering around that. So looking at perfectionism yeah. within the writing process. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, that's so important, isn't it? It's like it's not like you need to go very far to find the material. Right. <laughs> no. You're living the material. Not not only are you living the material as an Asian American woman subjected to mm-hmm. that sort of standard, but then in the process of writing the book, you're living it out. Mhm. Exactly. And yeah. so the theme for this year about, you know, that about art, uh, what I saw was the coming home to the essence, you know, coming home. Mm. And mm-hmm. I, I'm so excited about exploring coming home to the essence before those standards were yeah. yes. replaced. Yes, yeah. And when you just said that, Judy, it, it, I, I was so aware that uh, those standards are what make us... Um, fail to experience that essence right mm-hmm. so it so if if I'm constantly giving you messages that you really need to be perfect I don't ever have to say because you're not I may I might not even think that as your mother or your father or whatever um, but just the the constant information that you need to be this way implies that you're not already perfect. Mm. All right. And so those standards, you said, um, keep us away from experiencing our essence, what you said? Yes. Yeah. The perfection Mm -hmm. of our authentic being. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm. Because I, I must not have that. I must not be that, or mm-hmm. people wouldn't keep giving me these <laughs> standards that I mm. need to meet. Keep talking to me about ways of being that imply I'm not that. Hmm. Wonderful. Oh yeah. Okay. I see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even something, you know, if if um, somebody said to me, "Well, you you know, you you need you need to try hard. 
You really, you do. You need to really try hard. Oh, I have to conclude that <laughs> I'm not trying hard. Uh-huh. Otherwise, why right. would that? Why would anybody tell me that? Well, yeah, right. We don't mm-hmm. realize. Uh, parents, I think, don't realize the messages that we that we give kids, probably because we don't actually understand those messages in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Passing it, passing along the conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. 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 So I'm very excited to explore this theme this year um, in relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, and to to write your home. book. Yeah, to write your book from that, uh, what, foundation, background, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm happy for you. Mm, thank you. Me too. It's, I, yeah, I it's very it exciting. So it's, it's a journey for sure. Oh yeah. Well, and uh, I love it when uh, when it drops in for us because I imagine it did. I don't know if you can remember the moment that it dropped in for you to do this, but uh, it did occur to you at some point, uh, and to, and to realize the perfection of it. You know mm. how many mm-hmm. how many uh, women? It sounds like especially. I, I I don't know. It's really interesting. It's kind of like. Um, you know when when somebody mentions something like guilt, <laughs> and everybody uh, has their you know reason their own for the yeah. guilt. You know you're Jewish or you're female or you're mm-hmm. Catholic or you're you know whatever it is whatever it is that I am. That's the reason that it's happening. And, you know I, I'm Irish, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. so maybe who knows? But to realize that it's such an important topic for so many people. That, that yes. makes it, I think, particularly um, sweet. Mm, it's really rewarding. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the experience is uh, helping the, the person that only I can help. The experience for me. That's right. That's right. You're writing it for you. Yeah, right. You're writing Pretty it for much. you, and and uh, it'll be wonderful because others will relate, and mm-hmm. and they'll think it's for them, and that's lovely. <laughs> as long as you and I know, you know that we do what we do for us. You know, I've said that to people forever. You know, all I ever do is my own awareness practice. If if anybody mm. wants to go along with me, I'm happy. You know, you're doing your awareness practice, I'm doing my awareness practice, and we're doing our awareness practice together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the form it's, it's taking this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Judy. And I can, I'm sure I can look at that also, Sherry, that perfectionism. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it, for a lot of men, it's you know being male, <laughs> being held held yes. to a standard of of male. You've got yes. to succeed. You've got to compete. You've got to yeah, you've yeah. got to kill all the bears and uh, lions and tigers and yeah, rescue yeah. the damsels and <laughs> right. 
Mm-hmm. All right, and we have another caller here. All right. Next call, uh, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Aloha, it's Laura. Hi, Laura. Oh, aloha, Laura. Hi. Hi you know, I listen every week, and I'm always um, being told, well, I have all kinds of support in my life. I don't need to take somebody else's time on the Tuesday call. And I just went, what? What? I am. I'm Who said? Myself right now. Yeah. Well, we. That's right. Said. Who says so? Yeah. 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 So I'm going through a transition um, place right now, and I'm feeling very supported in so many ways from so many directions, and I'm able to see how life is really. Um, well, I might just say guiding me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which, Can you which say is a little great. more about that? Well, it's like um, I need to get some medical stuff done uh, because my focus this year is on self-care. And mm-hmm. as I was um, talking to uh, a medical professional this morning, he suggested something that I had never considered in terms of follow-up. And I was nervous about having support after this procedure uh, because I don't have a lot of support in my home. And he suggested an alternative that I didn't even know existed. And I just went, oh, thank you, life. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So those, those kinds of amazing things are happening as I'm moving forward. And... Where I'm suffering is just, it's, it's, like all, it's like a physical exhaustion. And I know that it's conditioning coming in and natter, natter, natter. And so I pick up the recorder and I get in touch with the mentor and, we, and we're good to go. And then 10 minutes later, it's like, I'm exhausted again, and the natter, natter, natter is back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I'm just saying it's difficult. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's also the only way through it, right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would be wonderful if there were other ways, <laughs> like easier ways, right? The easier, but, softer way, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we would, we would all love that. And the fact of the matter is, if it were easier and softer, we probably would never do it, right? It's, it's really that combination of uh, when, it's, when it's so in your face, the way you're describing, yeah. you, you have to address it. It's not like, yes. oh, yeah, well, you know, I really don't feel like getting to this. No, I have to get to this if I'm going to have a life. Uh-huh. So it's miserable right now. And, of course, m- most of us, uh, when, after we've reached a certain age, have been through enough of these that we know how it goes, 
right? It's, it's, I face it. It's miserable for a while. I get to the other side. It's no longer miserable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have such beautiful glimpses of being at the other side already. Mm-hmm. Which is probably um, when the exhaustion kicks in. Okay, say more about that. Well, it, it just that uh, you know, in our lingo, uh, you're you're in a battle with ego. Right, right. You're, you 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 want to be free of it. It doesn't want to be free of you, and so uh, so you go along and natter 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 exhaustion, and it it reminds you, wait, whoa, that's right. I need to address this. So you do what you need to do to address this, um, and, and you, you feel fine. And it's feeling fine that sets ego off again. Oh, because so I, didn't, it, yeah, I didn't mean ahead. that I'm having like a fantasy of how my life will be when I move through this transition. What I, what no. I meant and wasn't clear about, and maybe I'm still no, confused, no. what... No, no, you, you actually feel you're actually having the experience. Yes, exactly. Yes, and that's like a red flag in front of a bull to ego. Oh. How dare you? Oh, of course. Yeah, right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we're in this pitch battle over here, okay? I natter, natter, natter. You feel exhausted. <laughs> you think there's something wrong, okay? Uh, how yeah. dare I you? I reinforce that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, how dare, how you, dare have, you be happy? How dare you have ex- it, That's right. Experiences of life beyond me? No. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. So this is what ego temper tantrums look like in this um, in this orientation. Yeah. I, okay. I, I yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and you know the, the thing is, for most of us, for most of our lives, it worked. You know, ego pitches yes. a fit, and people go, okay, 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 all right, what? Yes, I'll, I'll turn on, I'll open up Facebook, yes, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And we get to a certain point of realizing that is not, <laughs> that's not getting me what I want. So I have mm-hmm. to face it. I have to face the, the exhaustion, the nanner, natter, natter, the... All of that, I have, to, I have to go through it in order to be free. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, the thing, and, the, yes. and the thing that gives us the courage to do it is that we're already having experiences of where we're going. You know, we would never do it if we didn't know where we were going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if we believed that we were going to be in this place forever. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have evidence. You have your own experience of what it's like to be beyond ego. And it, you know, then there's just no holding us back. No matter how miserable it is. This is the one, and I can do this with you, okay? This is the one where I like to bring in childbirth. Yes. Talk okay, got about, it. About um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, yes. I would rather be anywhere else, even though I should be commuting with all the women throughout history who have given birth. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I hate yeah. this. This is miserable. This is horrible. Oh, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, thank you so much. Enjoy. You are so welcome. <laughs> Take care. Glad you unmuted. <laughs> Me too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Lowell. That was great. And I'm going to go on our next call here soon. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Next caller. Next caller, are you double muted for him? Oh, I was. Oh, oh well. <laughs> he, he's done this before, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> this is also Laura, normally in Berkeley, currently in Portland. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, practically yeah. a neighbor. What's going yeah. on? Um, well, also wanted to call in and get some support. Um, I'm in Portland because I have a friend who's going through some kind of big health issues, and so I'm up here helping her out and just noticing everything that is coming up for me in that process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think um, she's currently, like, in the place where she's in a lot of pain and they don't know what's happening. And, um, and you know, she's kind of in a despairing place about that. Um, so, so Laura, just, just so I get a picture here for myself. Uh-huh. Um, so they don't know why she's in all of this pain. She's just in a lot of pain. Yeah, they, they've got some guesses. They think, you know, taking her gallbladder out might do the trick. They think, you know, it's just like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but they're not sure. And uh, uh-huh. um, Yeah. Yeah, so she's and, miserable. I would project scared. Yeah, and she, you know, she, and she can't eat or drink anything without severe pain, can't really sleep, can't. <laughs> Mm. No. Yeah. And yeah, scared and feels like her life is over and um, mm-hmm. is in a dark place mm. that I can relate to because when I had a lot of chronic pain before I found practice and all that, I was definitely in, in some dark places with that. So, mm-hmm. and it's just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's hard to watch that and it's um, I think the thing that was hard today was we went to a doctor's appointment and the doctor was saying like well maybe the surgery will work maybe it won't I'm not really sure you know was sort of not being that hopeful about it and it was just like this like I think you know it's like having said he's like okay we're gonna do the surgery it's gonna work because we're gonna do this you know like and then yeah because you know if you're gonna if somebody's gonna do surgery on you um, and remove a body part, it would be comforting to be assured that they know that, that it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Uh, and so, Laura, it, it, there's uh-huh. the difficulty of being with her in this and yeah. watching someone yeah. that we care about go through something so awful. And I couldn't yeah. tell, were you, were you saying it also kind of brings that back for you, almost a PTSD sort of a um, dark places or not so much? I think it's I. It's more that I see the same patterns that came up for me then coming up for me with her with her stuff. Like where it's like I've got to figure it out. I'm not doing enough. If I could just figure it out, if you uh-huh. know, like that kind of stuff. Like uh huh. Um, the very thing know. that was so difficult for you then with you, yeah, shows up as being very difficult now with with you with her. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it's in a way that place of like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's going to be okay for her, you know, or, um, right. And how to be okay with that for me, how to, you know, like all those things. So it, and if so the word that kept coming up to, for me when you were describing it is helpless. To feel yeah. helpless and sort of the the out of control nature of of feeling so helpless to just know that I I don't know there's nothing I can do I can't fix this I can't I can't make it different right it's like I you know I can make her all this you know the best food we can think of that might be the least painful and she's still writing in pain <laughs> like, yeah so. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Now let me like ask you this, that. Laura. Oh. Mm. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Say say that. Oh, oh, just the and it's been hard for me just watching. You know, I can see ego working on her. You know, and just her. You know, like after the appointment today, which was just kind of rough, and you know, we hadn't eaten lunch, and it was just sort of a low point. She was like, "I like I don't want to do all this medical stuff. I don't want to do all these tests. I just want to die." You know, like. Uh, and it was just like, and I'm guessing she doesn't have any kind of practice. Is that what you were indicating? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's been trying some like meditation and things like that, but but yeah, not. Not the relationship with the mentor and all that kind of stuff that I really wish she had in this dark place, you know. Yeah. 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 Mm. And I think, you know, I've been trying to... Go ahead. Do you feel like you're... Do you feel like you're able to take care of yourself? Yeah, I think... um, I think I've been seeing that come up too, where there's it's like this uh, there's the tension between showing up for her and or not even attention, but it's like there's kind of a calibration that has to happen of like showing up for her versus when do I sort of pull back and just be able to do stuff for myself or you know things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I don't think it's you know it hasn't been gone perfectly, but I think overall. Um, yeah, I have, you know, been recording and listening and meditating and just talking to people about it and, you know, just, 
mm-hmm. trying to um, try, you know, knowing that. Um, and like today, I kind of felt like I hit a wall after that appointment, so I just texted another friend to come and you know, <laughs> you know, help out with some things. And um, so I. I think that yes, um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so that you, 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 there aren't two of you, right? It, yeah. You're in that situation <laughs> where, yeah, <laughs> there, there's nothing left. So yeah, that and, yeah, and I that's can really feel so like, important. Yeah, yeah, and not and that. not to let ego or self hate in on this, right? As if yeah, you know, you're Wonder Woman and. You should be able to swoop in there and fix her and fix you and fix everything because that's, that's, yeah. not, that's not what's going on, right? The, probably, no. in fact, the best thing you could do for her is to model um, choosing well-being. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Even in such a... Yeah. I mean, she's not going to be confused uh, that, that this is hard for you. Um, yeah. And yet, yeah. to, to see that that it is possible to have resources, because um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she, the odds are good. You're going to let me know. I hope to God. But the odds <laughs> are good that she will at some point be on the other side of this. And yeah. Um, yeah. And then what 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 might you be able to talk about with her at that point? Because uh, mm-hmm. at that point, she might also realize she would like to have resources. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful that Sangha is here as a resource. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how people... Well, I mean, your friend is demonstrating how people do it or don't do it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. I just want to die. I, I just yeah. want this to be over. And yeah. if, you don't, if you don't have any alternative to being plunged into the kind of despair uh, that a situation like this brings, well, that's intelligent. That's logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, 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 I definitely get the sense that I don't think I'd be able to show up in the way that I am showing up without practice. It's, uh, no. The, the mentor is showing up, you know. In, that, that's exactly the mentors there taking yeah. care of both of you. Yeah. 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 Isn't that something? Isn't that yeah. something right there? To know that it's yeah. not up to you. Yeah, you feel helpless because you are helpless. Because there really yep. isn't anything you can do. All you can do, right, is is be there and and be loving and accepting and uh, you know just bring all the presence that you have and the mentor is going to uh, provide the strength and the clarity and the wisdom and all of that. Oh. Oh. Mm. Oh, well, it feels good to right. talk about it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. And again, please do let, let me know how it goes for it, for her and for you. All right. I, I will. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Laura. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Laura. And uh, a lot of compassion came up for me. Oh. Yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And the gift of having a friend like Laura who practices. Is, uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Talk about 
Talk about knowing you got some good karma in the in the face yeah. of what must feel like horrible karma. To have yeah. a friend like that, to somebody who's going to come and be there with you and take every step with you. Oh, it's just yeah, like a rock. Yeah, and I, I, I hope I hope Laura is getting lots of uh, lots of that reinforcement from the mentor. I bet she is. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. reminders that um, takes a, a lot of goodness and kindness and love to to show up for people like that. Yes, it does. Speaking of which, thank you for doing it week after week after week. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure, my joy. Showing my up for all of us. All right. Thank you, thank Sherry. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, everyone. And go happy. All right. Good night. Go happy. <laughs>